You know, uh, you know, last episode we were talking about conspiracy theories. Yes. Did you think of another I have, one? I have the ultimate conspiracy theory. <gasps> I I feel like I mean this is like a terrible thing to say because we're talking about a life here, a human life. Ah, little baby Jesus. Talk about conspiracy theory. Oh, oh, you must have read the show notes because we're going to talk about baby Jesus later. <laughs> no, they killed John McAfee, bro. They killed him. No way. McAfee didn't kill himself. Oh, wait, what was it? McAfee didn't uninstall himself. No. Is he? Did he pass? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, he was going to get a, you know, he's been in prison in Spain for forever. He must have. Uh, he must have ran out of the cocaine. Well, they were going to extradite him to the U.S. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, quote unquote, extradite. Mm, extricate. You know, I mean? you know what I mean? Wink, mm-hmm. wink. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what they want yeah. you to believe. So they want you to believe. And look, I'm not saying John McAfee wasn't crazy. I don't want to talk bad about the man. The man's dead. Right. But did he kill himself? Hmm. Just hmm. go watch the many uh, documentaries that, that have hmm. John McAfee in it, and you decide for yourself if, if he's a little wackadoodle. Well, were they John McAfee, or was it some kind of crisis actor? Hmm. 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 Wink, wink. Or was it all of that cocaine eating his brain up? You I mean, know? it was definitely John McAfee in those documentaries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Wink, wink. Uh, <laughs> so you're saying he's setting up a satellite uh, campus on the moon right now as we speak? Well, you know, all I'm saying is uh, he believed in monetary freedom. Uh-huh. And the uh-huh. man doesn't like that. Welcome to Nerd Legion Financial Fridays. Brought to you by Fred. Because why not? Why not? Why not? Sure, why not? Okay. But yeah, yeah. John McAfee, rip. He did not wow. uninstall himself. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. But See, he is fascinating. You know why he didn't know? They're the trying to not let you know. That's true. Yeah. That's very uh, true. Yeah, yeah, they are. You should, people should watch the, the John McAfee ones. They're pretty crazy. He uh, he lived quite the life. For sure. Quite the life. Uh, and even he if he's lying about yes. even if he's lying about some of the stuff, it sort of fits. Like even the even the exaggerations and the lies sort of fit into his lifestyle perfectly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, he uh, this was a conspiracy theory though. Uh, after he killed himself, because last year he he did something like uh, he I think he did like an NFT sale or something for this uh, like schwacked thing. He he had schwacked tattooed on his arm and and sold that as an NFT and hmm. uh, and he, like he tweeted. Like, uh, right before they arrested him, he tweeted something like, uh, you know, if, if, uh, if they, if they find, if they find me dead, they Epstein me or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. John McAfee, quite the character. He'll be missed for the sheer entertainment value. Oh, he'll be missed. Unless he pulls a gun on you, then he won't be missed. I mean, he could be on that island with, uh, Tupac and Biggie and all those guys. You know what I mean? That's true. It could That's be. true. That'd be I, fun. I bet you they get they got abducted by aliens. That's what I think. Ooh, I like it. I like that yeah. even better. They found a way to escape the Matrix. Hmm. No, it's possible. It is possible. It's true. That's hey, what the internet possible. told me. Anything with that guy's possible. 
That's true. Anything with that guy could possibly be true. Yeah. Or totally false. Possibly. Maybe. Maybe. Wink, I mean, he was very paranoid <laughs> towards the end. <laughs> uh, anyways, what's new, Nicholas Tiberius Wetmore? Oh, Welcome to the Nerd Legion podcast, Chitter Chatter Hour. Yeah. Wait, yeah. I thought you had another conspiracy beyond that one. Oh, I have all kinds of conspiracies. Where should we start? Wherever. Oh, you know, my wife and I agreed on something. Uh-oh. She must have listened to the podcast. Oh, no. Where's my phone? Let me read this text. I have to read this text because I was uh, I was taken aback. Uh oh. She ge- she gave me. Did you have to have up. another financial planning session? <laughs> no, but the audience will be happy to know that while uh, everyone was crying in the crypto world, Martin has still not lost a single penny. Congratulations to me. <laughs> it was close though. It was getting close. Like a couple oh. of days ago, it was close. Financial. I price. almost lost a dollar. No, no. Yeah, but see, I invest smart. Uh, so she, she listens to this podcast. You know, my wife loves true crime. Yeah. It's her jam. Oh, let me mute my phone in case anyone decides to text me. Uh-oh. Uh, one of the podcasts she listens to is Sword and Scale. Mm. And uh, it's good. I mean, I've listened to it before. It's good. Good podcast. Okay. Um, the, the host, uh, I mean, I guess I can say his name because I named the podcast. Sure. Uh, Mike Boudet. He had some, like, controversy. I don't know if he was, like... Uh, what was that guy, Delia? You know Delia. Oh boy! You know I, I think he, I think he Delia'd somebody. You know what I mean? Oh no! Did he so have a he very got... rich father that could get him out of out of the, crisis, <laughs> out of the cancellation? <laughs> so, um, so I think I think he he Delia'd himself. Really? And, uh, <laughs> oh boy! And so and so he got kicked out of his own podcast, right? Uh, they they had a different host on. And wow. I guess uh, I guess the guy's back now. Somehow, like he he wormed his way back into his own podcast, and <laughs> he, took, uh, he took a couple weeks off, and then uh, decided, "Hey, I want this money back." Yeah, maybe something like that. So she texted me. I hate garbage, Mike Boudet, but I love Sword and Scale. So I'll listen to the pod sometimes, but I will all capitals not subscribe. <gasps> wow! And so I said. That's like how I'll watch Marvel movies, but I won't get Disney Plus. To which she replied, LOL. Do you get it? You get the analogy there? It's very deep. I, I very like deep. It. Yeah, it's very deep. Welcome, uh, this so is I think, Freddy. To yeah, the welcome, Heather, to the Nerd Legion podcast. Oh, I wasn't going to name her name. Nick Wetmore. If you are, well, okay. I'm, I'm just saying, might as well. You know, some people might not know what this is. <laughs> I mean, even people that have been listening for 272 episodes... May not know what this is, so uh, so we have to tell them. Wow, that's true. We all hey, we always get new pod new listeners, so why not? Yeah, might as well, might as well introduce the podcast. Yeah, uh, I like it. but uh, but anyways, yes. Yeah, so it's an uh, anime so, podcast, but not really. Yes, remember when this podcast, podcast used to be about comics? Really. Remember that? Those were good. Yeah, times. remember that? People still ask about that. They're like, "What happened to comics? You guys don't talk comics anymore." And we're like. We talk comics. Go listen yeah. to the last episode. <laughs> right. It's like every other episode. Yeah, go back to the last episode where Martin gets angry about comics. Right. Remember we were talking about you uh, doing this financial planning to buy the first appearance of Moon Knight. Yes, that's true. Yeah. That's true. I can, so right I can sell some of my Bitcoin yeah. and buy it. That's true. Very true. I did 
I did, though, receive some feedback from a listener. Oh? Yes. Friend of the show. Host. Was this through an Apple's iTunes review? Because you know we no, need those. Five it was stars through a only. text. Five stars only. It was through a very dire-sounding text. Oh, boy. Okay. And then a phone call. <gasps> oh, my. Friend of the show, host of the Bright Side Comics Chat. If you want <laughs> comics talk, that's where you go. <laughs> uh, DJ. Yeah. He, he texted me. He said, I need you to call me. I said, oh, shit. This sounds serious. What's going on? Did he on? hear his shout-out in the last episode? Where you need a, uh, needed television reviews. It, it was a saga. A saga. Cool. He okay. texts me. Hey, I need you to call me ASAP. Ooh. And I didn't call him. Uh-oh. But then, I, but then I got home and I called him. And it went to voicemail. I said, oh, no. Danger, Will Robinson. You had and your so, shot. You uh, lost it. Yeah. So I tried to leave him a message. But I hate voicemail. So I texted him. I said, I tried to call you. No reply. So he calls me back immediately. Hey. I said, hey, what's up? Everything okay? Are you in danger? Right. Have you been kidnapped by John McAfee? It turns out he had not. Mm. DJ was perfectly safe. He called because he listened to our last episode. Mm. He's a good boy. Yeah. He listens. He gives feedback. I like it. I wish all our listeners listened and gave feedback. That'd be wonderful. It'd be great. Anyways, he listened. He gave feedback. He says, I hear you're redoing your office. We should do a YouTube series on your office renovation. Dun, dun, dun. That's, that's the emergency. That was the emergency. Well, he, hey, it's timely. <laughs> he wants to spend your money. Just let him. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, so DJ and I will be chatting next week as we plan my foray into this uh, home theater. Maybe Bright side should... home theater. Maybe you should co-host him on the Nerdy Legion. Have him on for an episode, and oh, and that he could can, be fun. and he could, you know, fill you in. You give him like measurements of the room and what you're what what you're working with, and then you know he can he can position stuff in the correct way and make sure it's all wired. And I mean, he might listen to this and get mad. Maybe he wanted this to be a surprise. Oh, you know what I mean nice. for, for his for listeners. Part. Oh, okay. But you know what? I laugh at surprises. Patooey! I laugh at them and spit in their face. Wow. Call me spoilerific. El spoilerifico. Martino spoilerifico. Mm, mm, mm. Um, so, uh, so we're gonna record a chat. We're gonna, we're gonna plan this whole thing out. Uh, I, I asked my financial advisor. He agreed. This is a great idea. Um, I think we, I think, I think we can fit at least an 80 inch projector screen in here. Oh, how nice. Maybe more. Uh-oh. <laughs> but I was excited. I told my wife, I said, hey, we're going to do this thing. We're going to do the damn thing, as they say in the hood. Mm-hmm. Do, we're going to do the damn thing. And she says, why are you putting a home theater in your office? <laughs> what about the living room? Yeah, what about the living room? And I say, nay, a patchouli. What about... What about the bedroom where I watch all my stuff? No. I told her, you want to watch Breaking Bad? Go in the goddamn office. Wow. (laughs) Shut the door so it gets really hot. (laughs) Yes. She is concerned, though, because it does get hot in this room. So, you know, now I need to put an AC unit in here. Or, Or figure out a vent situation. 
I don't want to do all that. It seems like a lot of work. I don't know. You like a honeydew list. But it seems Besides, easier you, to just... You need know. you need stuff to do on vacation. You said you don't like sitting around, and you probably have like 20 weeks vacation stored up. What do you mean? I just started this place. I only have two ah, weeks. Ah, come on. You two weeks. You didn't like negotiate for more vacation time? What? No. Oh, my God. I didn't negotiate anything. You know what I do all day? Nothing. I don't know. I do nothing. I, I get paid to sit in front of a computer and do nothing. And, hey, let's not forget, uh, rewire the printer to go into your office. That's that's something. That's true. I don't want to wait for IT. They're, they're too slow. Right. They're too Is slow. there any uh, poopy bandit at the new at the new gig? No poopy bandit yet. Jeez, you got to keep a but lookout. now that you've said it, it might manifest itself. I just willed it into existence? Yeah, now it's going to happen. <laughs> I can only dream. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see in our Discord chat, our Nerdy Legion Discord chat, did you see the lot of comics that Dewan posted pictures of? No, no. Holy guacamole. They're all like at least probably 30 years old and they're all bagged and boarded but i got news for you the ones that he was showing i mean he didn't say anything about this but after looking through them i would say 80 percent of the ones that he posted and you know i'm not a big cgc guy i would cgc those mother effers they looked like they came out of the printers like last week they looked like pristine really (laughs) yeah what what did he get Continue. See, for all it's the like, haters, here's your comic talk. Oh, sorry. Um, he showed me some gold uh, some gold key stuff. Uh, he was showing some, like, original Teen Titan books. And then Perez Teen Titans. Which, at this point, how old is that? 30 years? Sure. 40 years. 80s. For, yeah, 40 years. So, I mean, at this point, like... Even those comic books that we grew up with, it's like, dang, if they look that good, like, holy cats, like, slab those mother effers. So I even wrote to him and said, you should slab those, or at least think about doing a few of them, because they were all, like, dang old. Mm. They looked real nice, real pretty. Mm. So Uh old gold key stuff, huh? That sounds tempting. I've thought about going in that direction. I just don't don't understand why Gold Key put all, like, somebody needs to find pristine copies or, like, the original covers and make a coffee table book out of Gold Key covers. They are some pretty, pretty painted covers. I feel like, um, hmm, I feel like there might have been, like, a coffee table book done at some point. Maybe like oh, a yeah? Kickstarter or something. I was gonna say I would support that. That's that sounds great. Yeah, I mean, I could and I don't wrong. even need I don't even need like Valiant type stuff. Just just give me some gold key stuff. Come on. Yeah, you know, here's what I wish. All right, wish list time. Ooh. I wish somebody would do like pull a Dinesh, okay, and like buy the gold key character. Mm. Okay, just like buy them outright. Mm. Okay, now I'm not saying 
that uh, who who puts those books out now? Is it uh, Dynamite? Dynamite. There you go. Yeah. I'm not saying Dynamite is mishandling the situation. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's not at all what I'm saying. Uh, you know, talk about like uh, like like secret shit in comics that no one gives a crap about. Uh, the the rights to the gold key stuff are very complicated. Very complicated. Uh-huh. Um, and so that's why, like, they put out, like, a miniseries, and then it dies, and then they relaunch it with something else, and then that dies. And then, like, Valiant gets it, but then that dies, and then Gold and Dynamite gets it, and that dies, and so on and so on and so on. I thought you uh, were going to go in a different direction and say, put the Gold Key characters in the same universe as the Atari IPs that they have. With, like, Atari Force? No, because they have um, oh, Sword, like Centipede Quest, and all those. Which they have Sword Quest and they have Centipede. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Would I like to see a Solar Centipede book? Yes. Would I like to see a Sword Quest book with Turok? Yes. Yes, I would. So, so I understand a Sword Quest book. What exactly does a Centipede book entail? I it, when I picture it, I haven't read it yet. I do own it. I haven't read it, but I picture it being like a kaiju movie. Oh, I see. Yeah, that's how that's how I'm picturing it. Is that correct? I have no clue. Huh? But I think that would be neat. That could be a cool little like crossover big event book. Hmm. Uh-huh. See now, what I want is a snake comic. Snake? Snake. You know, the game Snake. Oh, I thought you meant Snake Pliska. No, Snake. You know, like back in the in the 90s, every every Nokia phone yes. had Snake. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I was talking to somebody at work today about that. They were talking about video games, and he's like, the last time I played a game was Snake on my Nokia in like 1995. <laughs> and I was like, dude, you're like 20. What do you mean? Right. You weren't even least, born with that book. <laughs> or at least a time sweeper, for God's sakes. What are you doing? Time sweeper. Uh, so, anyways, I'd be down for a snake comic. I think that'd be awesome. Mm-hmm, snake. Mm-hmm. That would be a kaiju, for sure. That would be cool. Uh, my kids play snake now. Kind of. They Is play, it a uh, what's it called? version? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slither IO. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Snake, but with fancy graphics, and it's multiplayer. Sure. So the point is to, like, eat other snakes. Mmm. Well, gotcha. not really. It, it's still the same thing. You, like, eat the little the little pixels, mm-hmm. except, like, as you eat pixels, your snake gets bigger and bigger, and the, the point is to eat more pixels so you can get bigger, so you can, like, block other snakes, like, get in front of another snake and make them blow up. Yeah, it's like a Tron Cycle thing. Oh, yes. Why yeah. is that not a comic? Tron? Because it's Disney. Yes. Disney. Never heard of it. Is that a new company? <laughs> uh, I don't know what I'm going to do soon. In like 10 years, I'm not going to be able to watch anything. Because it's all going to be owned by Disney. Oof. Let's hope not. I don't know. Maybe my Dis- Bitcoin is worth enough where I can buy Disney. There you go. That'd be great. Never know. That'd be really good. Hey, another comic book thing? Yeah. 
Uh, I'm sitting there reading. When am I not reading Incredible Hulk? Let's be serious. Okay, let's just say I'm reading Incredible Hulk. Mm-hmm. Uh, I put out I put out a little like list of four books for for people to choose my next my next read. Oh, I missed uh, that. And Gundy, yes, I know. Thank you for your vote. You suck. Uh, <laughs> so Gundy chimes in. And he goes, "I'll read. I'll read wh- wh- whoever wins." And it was a tie. It was Thor and Daredevil. So I left it up to him, and he chose Daredevil. Oh wait, I didn't miss that. I voted for that. You asshole. Oh, very good. Thank you. Thank you for your support. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> so so we get involved in uh, Marvel Masterworks Daredevil. And I'm reading way faster than he is. He's slow. He's not a slow reader. He just doesn't have a, as much time as I do. Mm-hmm. So I'm whipping through. I'm probably on my fourth Masterwork, and he's like on his second. And we're mm-hmm. sharing covers and like panels and he has he's he has a good gunderstorm has a good sense of humor so he's always like semi snarky with some of the dated stuff that's in the panels that he's sharing which is hilarious to see yeah and i get to like the fourth one and for whatever reason i throw out hey have you done a reread on hellblazer because mm. I I bought a few of the trades and I'm still like I've had them for a while and I want to like bust into them. And he messages me and he goes, "I don't know how much I can get through these daredevils. It's just not you know he's not in the mi- the right mindset, and the books are you know a little too stilted for him right now." Mm-hmm. Which I'm like totally get it. I'm like I totally understand. And I hate to say it, and I know Daredevil was your spotlighted character. Mm-hmm. Hulk Masterworks. If you start out at like volume four with, uh, well, who is it? Uh, Severin. Marie Severin. Mm-hmm. If you start off with that, I think it's number four, or it could be number three. If you start off there, it's almost like you're reading a Bronze Age, like, not a modern comic book, but just a little, you know, a little bit more dated than that. But Mama Sita, when you go, like, even Hulk 1 and 2, I get it. There's there's some great Kirby stuff there. But there's it's a big jump. Big jump from, like, that to, like, Severin. For me. Mm-hmm. Just reading-wise and, like, how... I'm used to an A and then a B and a C type story. And, you know, when you're, when you're reading Stan Lee, there, there's, you're lucky to get a B story. And, and some of the dialogue's pretty stilted. And I know that Daredevil was your read along book last year. Mama Mm -hmm. Sita was, was Daredevil. Daredevil was tough to get through, dude. Gene Cole, uh, excluding the Gene Cole and art which was phenomenal from step one. It, that was just fantastic. But even like the Jerry Conway who introduced like a lot more of like a broken down, like ABC story, which was great. Mm-hmm. Cause I love, I love his Spider-Man work. He, he can do no wrong. 
but it's just like it's hard when the B story is and this went on honest to god like I said I read four volumes and the entire four volumes he was happy with Karen Page and then like for the next three volumes he was mourning why did she leave what, where is she why can't I have he just kept pining for her. even when it was Daredevil Black Widow oh my gosh the amount of Karen Page pine I rumba. I was <laughs> the and worst. I mean, Matt, don't get me wrong. I realize this, and I even threw it out to Gundy. Like Matt Murdock, at the core, he is a little bit of a whiner. Like he is a sad sack. He is. Nothing goes right for him. Mm-hmm. Which is okay. That that's his character. All right. Like at this point, like I expect him to end up in jail. I expect him to lose the girl and for whatever reason there's always some gadget or some fog or something that messes up with his radar senses and it seems like every writer has to like shoehorn in all three of those before they leave the book and it was just like it was amazing to read like even going back to like I think I started at Masterwork volume three and even mm. going that far back, it was like, holy shit, he was that character way back then. Like, this isn't anything new. It wasn't like mm. it was introduced by Brubaker or Bendis or, you know, Frank Miller. Like, he's always been this way. And it's crazy that he hasn't developed past this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They put him in cool situations, don't get me wrong. I mean, I like some of the situations that it ends him up in. But he's always just like the bad luck hero. Mm. But I guess maybe that's why they like him. Like, I like Spider-Man because he is optimistic. You know, he is that, like, high school kid. And that's what I like about him, even if he's in college or married. It doesn't matter. He still has that, like, air about him. And maybe that's what draws people to Matt Murdock is his, like, whew, that guy can't catch a break. He just can't. But it's you interesting. You think it's boring after a while, though? Dude, I just read four masterworks, and as soon as Gundy was like, hey, you want to switch it up and read some Hellblazer? I was like, oh, yeah, done and done. Like, yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I like the owl. Like, they introduced the owl. They introduced Gladiator, which were real good. I love that it's Daredevil, Black Widow. When I stopped reading, it was their comic together. That made it more interesting. But the amount of times that's like he's in New York, and I think this was more of a Jerry Conway thing because he even said in one of the forwards how much he loved uh, um, California. Mm-hmm. So while reading two of his masterworks, he went from Daredevil went from Hell's Kitchen, and then the very next issue, he's going around Hollywood. From building Mm -hmm. to building, like he just jumped on a plane and went, and then he ended back up like after that little like three issue story arc back in Hell's Kitchen, and then like ten issues later with Black Widow, boop, he's back in San Francisco, just because obviously Conway loved San or loved uh, California, right, right, right. But boy, he was. (laughs) Gundy was chomping at the bit, and even I, I'll definitely get back to Daredevil and I'll read 
the master works because really I only have like three more until I hit uh, Frank Miller. So it's like, well, I can I can definitely get through it to get to that. Mm-hmm. But then I started up. We started reading Hellblazer, and the one that I that I bought was um, Rake at the Gates of Hell. Mm-hmm. And I realized when I was collecting, because I was collecting Hellblazer in singles for a long, long time. I get into Rake at the Gates of Hell, and there's a cover, a pretty famous cover of the Statue of Liberty that's a skeleton hmm. by Fabre. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I did see your tweet about that. Yeah, 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 okay. And I realized that was the very last issue I read um, before dropping off. I still bought them, but I never read past that until Azarello came and put John Constantine back in New York City. And I read that run. And I read a few issues, like I read some of the Sean Phillips issues. But I didn't read, like, back-to-back. I didn't read any trades. I didn't read any like arcs any major arcs so it was Mm -hmm. bizarre to get like three issues into a gigantic like 500 page trade and realize holy christ i haven't read any of this and this is all garth ennis stuff and Hmm. i read none of this which is really really exciting for me because i love when ennis and dylan get together so it has been an eye opener is that uh okay very good. I'm glad. I'm glad this came up because I I haven't read a whole lot of Hellblazer. Okay. I won't. I won't lie. Sure. Would yeah. that be like a good place for me to like see what's up? No. no. Okay. Uh huh. Um. Bo- 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 bo. I would. I don't even know if you need to read the first two trades, but I would say like when Ennis got there, when he when he jumped on the book, maybe start there. Okay. But like the Jamie Delano, I don't know if you need to read that. It's good, and it sets up the character really good, but I don't think you need to read that. I don't have the trades right. in front of me, or I or I would. I'll look it up. Let's see here. 1991. Okay, I'll find it. Um, next question. If I were Ooh, to pick this Garth up. Ennis omnibus. Holy mackerel. If I were huh? to pick this up. At the beginning of Garth Ennis. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Will this ruin me reading any other Hellblazer? No, because there's a, there's a lot of good people that jumped on Hellblazer. Warren Ellis, uh, Brian Azzarello. Like, all of the top writers have done Hellblazer. Mm-hmm. So, no, I don't think so. Okay. Okay. Very and really, good. if you and you sort of know the basic, the only reason I, I I would say don't read Rake at the Gates of Hell is because he was in a relationship with uh, a woman named Kit, and mm-hmm. the previous, if you went one trade before it, you would get their relationship, and their and their relationship really really spurns John Constantine and sort of molds him into the person that he is. The way that arc, that relationship arc went. Gotcha. And it, and it even spills over into Rake at the Gates of Hell. So there's many references to Kit, and you wouldn't know who that is. Where there's, right, I'm going to tell you this. Where there's a lot of references to his time in, he went into an insane asylum. 
And there's a lot of references to like Newcastle and stuff like that. That stuff, it pays off later. Like they're referencing things, but it was never in earlier issues. It leads into a trade that's a flashback into like, oh, this is John Constantine when he went into the nut house. If there is one thing that you can say about Martin is that Martin likes to go balls deep. Mm. So we're going to bring back a segment, fan favorite segment to the show. Ooh. In which Nick makes Martin buy shit online. Oh, no. Alright, so I just bought the Hailblazer by Garth Ennis Omnibus hardcover. Jeez. It'll be here Saturday, so let's see what happens. Deal on that. Uh, yeah, it's fine. (laughs) I was going to say, it's either Amazon or in-stock trades would have the best deal on that bad dog. Uh, yeah, I I mean, I should have checked the in-stock trades. I got it on Amazon. Good, good. It was a hundred bucks. You like, you like Garth Ennis' writing. I love Garth Ennis. Yeah, you've read plenty of his Vertigo stuff, plenty of his Punisher stuff, so you sort of know what you're getting. He's, he's the most, like, ballsy John Constantine. Ooh, I like ballsy. Yeah, he's he's not Hellblazer in the what is it now? Is it John Constantine when they rebooted it, or did they call sure. it Hellblazer? I think they still call it Hellblazer. Okay, yeah, it's not yeah. that. Like he's a scoundrel in that. No, he's a real dick in in Hellblazer. Very good. Yeah, I, don't I think I see the hardcover and in stock trades. I see trades. Dang, I don't see the hardcover. I I think you're I think you're really gonna appreciate it, and it doesn't feel too it doesn't feel dated, considering it was coming out in what the nineties. It yeah, doesn't yeah, yeah. it doesn't feel thirty years old. No way. Early nineties. Yeah. No way in hell. Um, I feel like I understand now why I never read this. I feel like as as adult Martin, I should have corrected this because I mean I have read Hellblazer comics. Sure. Um, but I don't think I've ever read the Garth Ennis Hellblazer. Because if he started in 91, that's like when I started reading comics. I think I started in 90. Oh. You know what I mean? I was like sure. nine years old. Eight years old. In 90? Yeah. In 90, yeah, I was nine. That's the year I turned nine. I can't see a 13-year-old Martin... Wanting to read first an English dude in a trench coat, I don't, I don't see that being too attractive to you. Maybe I was in college, so that was like the perfect like antihero. See, but you feel like I should have picked this up because I love Garth Ennis, and you probably read you know Alan I mean? Moore Swamp Thing. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Is that on eBay? Let's find out here. Let's go on Amazon.com. Not a sponsor. <laughs> Surely there's like an omnibus. Right? Of Swamp Thing? I would think so. That oh, would be geez. crazy if they don't. There's a box set. Ooh. Do mm. I want to spend another $100? Wait a second. Is that a box set that just holds all of the, like... Small hardbacks, yes, all together. Oh, sort of like what they did with uh, Deus Machina. 
Yes, 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 yes. Uh, All that's right. the worst. This is, this is not available. This is a pre-sale. This doesn't come out until October 12th. Well, you have time to save for it, I guess. <laughs> I mean, my birthday's in September, so... It's true. You know, That's I could true. sneak this in. Even though That's technically true. the laptop I'm recording on is my birthday present. <laughs> but, but nobody's going to remember by then, you know what I mean? That's the game my wife always plays. Absolute Swamp Thing. I will say, would it be great to have it in an omnibus form? Absolutely. But having it all, I think you would have much less gutter loss because they're smaller. Because they're smaller. Yeah. Um, I like the idea of putting them into a box. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. You know Alan Moore, there's no way in hell you're going to get any other extras involving him in there. You might get some like new write-ups or new art type stuff from the artists or colorists. But other than that... I don't see any other extras appearing in any Swamp Thing. Is there like a new Swamp Thing thing happening? Because they're, they're releasing new printings of all the Absolute Swamp Things by Ellen Moore mm. starting in October. Show well, Volume yeah. 1 in October, Volume 2 in November, Volume 3 in December. Didn't he make quite a few appearances in the comic books? And then he's also in like Justice League Dark movies and stuff like that. Yeah, but I feel like there has to be something. You know what I mean? Like, Swamp mm -hmm. Thing is not, like, that big a character for them to be, like, re-releasing new printings. Could it be either an anniversary or they have to reissue them or the rights go back to the creator type thing? Oh, interesting. interesting. DC doesn't do this stuff just for charity. That's very interesting. But you know, uh, let's those are always good rereads. I've never been disappointed with a Swamp Thing reread. So, eighty-two. That can't be right. He wrote it's... it in the eighties. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Okay, so maybe it's like preparing for the fortieth anniversary. That sounds right. That makes sense. Yep. That Wait, and when you say absolute, do you mean the oversized absolutes? Because that uh, would be a sweet way to get it. Let's see here what the dimensions are. 9.8 inches by 15.8 inches. Yeah, I mean, that's oversized. Yeah, that's... A, ooh, that's a good... Ooh. And you said October? October. How much is that? Uh, list price ninety nine ninety nine. They're on sale for fifty nine seventy three. Jesus, I might have to. I might. I might have to sell some. I might have to, to the eBay's. I might have to start selling. <laughs> Oversized swamp thing. That sounds really good. Hmm. Because I've had plenty of offers for my absolute authorities. Really. I don't think I would get rid of those. They're so beautiful, Wait, so big. Should I sell mine? Maybe. What are they really going for? Uh, this was a couple of years ago, so I don't know if they've been reissued. Ooh, let's look this up. Absolute authority. Uh, let's see. I mean, like seventy-five to a hundred bucks. Yeah, they must have reissued them. Because they were yeah. way more than that. They were like 300. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Ooh. 
but it is nice to get it in that big print. I got news for you. And you know how much I love omnibuses, but ooh, absolute you can't beat. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll even take the gutter loss for that big page. Whew. I wonder uh I wonder if it's a good investment. Like that was a good investment uh like a year or two ago was selling your your omnibuy. Because people were paying like three or three or four hundred bucks for them, but I think they're yeah. back to like regular price now. It, I think it depends on what what it is, because mm. people still want first printing omnibuses of certain titles. Really, and some go out of print, never never come back in print. Really? Oh yeah, there's a market for that type of stuff. Oh man, I think I need to sell my sweet tooth. They're not even listed. <laughs> oh snap hang on breaking news to the ebays i sold Hardcover. my uh punisher max three years ago when i when i mm. first got laid off because those were going for ridiculous prices and then i think uh, marvel announced oh we're gonna reissue those hardback yeah 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 so i just made it really mm-hmm Hey, sometimes, sometimes you have to pay the the, the electric and in internet. You know what I'm saying? You can't Dang. get around that. I can get a hundred bucks for this. That's what I'm saying. You gotta pay mm. attention. But I like the hard covers. I don't want to sell those. There you go. See, <laughs> logic snaps right back in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I do I do conversions in my head into Bitcoin. And I'm like, can I buy enough Bitcoin with that? Nope. All right. I guess I'm not selling it. <laughs> Interesting. Man, that's yeah. good, though. 100 bucks. I don't think I... I think I got mine on eBay for like 15 bucks. Dang. Nice. Well, Netflix does do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Um, I'm trying to think. There was something that I watched. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have two shows to talk about. Wait, Ooh. we're still on comic talk. Let's keep talking comics. Sure, go ahead. I, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, step on the people. Got to give the people what they need. No, it was just, uh, I, I just wanted to give you my little journey back in Hellblazer. But I'm not giving up on Hulk because I think I read so fast that I'm way ahead of Gundy mm. that I can squeeze in a Hulk. Uh, masterworks here and there. Why not? That's what not? that's what I was going to ask you, Hulk. Yes. Now that there are like flip flopping teams. Yes. Are you going to continue reading the Hulk, or are you going to be switching to Venom? Okay, so Al Ewing is going to Venom. Yes. And Cates and Stegman is going to Hulk. Hulk. Yes. Who's with Ewing on Venom? Uh, I thought it was the same team, but maybe not. Oh, Joe Bennett might be? Let's see here. Because I haven't... Venom. Just to give you a little background, I haven't read Venom since Rick Remender. I oh, have Donnie Cates' Venom, I just haven't read it. Alright, I'm going to give you this. So you're going to be excited, and you're going to be like, oh, maybe. Uh-oh. Right, so, writing... Wait, is he... Is he... Is he writing too? They are. Okay, good. So, the co-writing Venom mm. is Al Ewing mm-hmm. and Ram V. Okay, okay. You want to you take a guess on the artist? 
Well, I was hoping Joe Bennett, but not Joe Bennett, but someone well, since, old since school, you like said since you said I would really like him, uh, that could oh, only that's, mean that's not what I said. <laughs> but you said I would like him. I said you might like him. Oh. Listen, okay, 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 okay. Let me rephrase. Historically, uh-huh. you do like him. John Romita Jr. But Damn it. there's this thing where, like, he just takes too long sometimes. Or maybe he just gets bored or something. And it just doesn't last very long. No? Yeah. Brian Hitch. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be an awesome, that's going to be an awesome one and a half trades. That's what you're telling me? God dang it. Dang it. But I will give him credit. He did, he did hang in there pretty long with Hawkman, so. He did? Yeah. I'll I'll give him credit. Yeah, I'll give him credit there. That's surprising. Could he have been drawing Venom? for the entire pandemic. And if that's the case, then we're going to enjoy about 23 issues. Oh, good point. Yes. I mean, surely they do these like ahead, right? Maybe possibly. I would think, but I'm still not, I'm still not going to budge from my, I'll, I'll give him two and a half trades. How about that? I'll bump Hmm. it up one more trade. I, uh, I fell off of Venom, so I don't know like where it ended up. Uh, I should probably catch up because I actually I enjoyed it. Unlike some of our friends that hated it, uh, I enjoyed it. But uh, but I'm looking at the cover for issue one. I don't know how I feel about this costume. Really? Whole yeah, new yeah, look? Because I mean, it's not a whole new look, but it's a newer look. I I always prefer like the classic Venom, right? Um, where it's like the black suit with the white spider, right? Mm. Uh, but I love like the big toothy mouth with the, the the big old tongue you know what i mean yep um this one looks like black costume spider-man but super buff because he's venom but but there's something i don't like about this costume the logo right the, the white spider the top legs go over the shoulders and the bottom huh. legs go down the front of his legs huh. yeah it looks a little weird i don't know how i feel about this i gotta think about this I do love me some Brian Hitch, and I'm guessing like Paul Neary will probably be doing the colors. Probably that would be my guess. Uh, let's see here. Nope. But what's ooh? We okay, got go inks ahead. by Andrew Curry and colors by Alex Sinclair. Oh, okay, he does like Sinclair too. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. All right, that will be pretty interesting. I'm really worried about the use of black. Could there oh. just be? Could 60% of the page be all blacks and shadows? Possibly. Oh, Possibly. I see. Possibly. Hmm. Hmm. But Maybe. Stegman on Hulk, that sounds interesting. Um, I, I, I think they released one interior page and, and one of the covers. Okay. Uh, it looks very good. Uh, all right. It is, not, it is nothing like Joe Bennett, obviously. No, no. I would not expect um, that. So, so I feel does like Hulk, it's, uh, does Hulk have a little pea head, or does he have a respectable sized head to the mass body? Um, let's let's uh, let's look at it again here. Kate's Hulk. Let's uh, man, you, you need to give me some better images. 
Uh, here we go. Nope, looks like a looks like a Avengers Hulk, but not a pea-sized head Hulk. No, normal-sized Hulk. Okay, because sometimes everyone hulks out the body, but then the head stays uber small, and that's. Freaky. I mean, he is huge. Of course, so he is. his head is never going to be proportional, right? Uh, but uh, but these images look pretty dope. Can I share links? How, do, how does Skype work? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Oh, here we go. Here we go. There we go. There we go. I pasted. There you, oh, well, there you go. You didn't have to click it. You can see the cover image in that preview thing. But if you click on it, you'll see that one interior page. No, that's a, that's a respectable head. Yeah, right? That's a normal size head. Yeah, that's a respectable head. Now, I'm guessing Donnie Cates will keep the al Ewing, um gothic horror well that you would i don't think know. that's that's sort of the kate's vibe at this point i mean to an extent but do you think they would do like the same thing no 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 i'm not saying the same thing i'm just saying he's not donny kate's doesn't just write capes and cowls he adds he adds his own little demented twist horror element to it oh i see yeah even with I Thor, see. you know. Oh, it's not Stegman. It's <gasps> Ryan Otley. Whoa. Yeah. That's interesting. But Cates and Stegman are doing a new book. It's called Vanish. Um, I don't think it's announced. Yeah, I don't think it's announced yet. But uh, they teased an image today. Hmm. It's like an independent book. Okay. Yeah. About time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, good for them. I don't know. We'll see. I'm just going to miss some of the stuff that Ewing put in. I mean, you feel like you... you. I don't know, man. That run is so popular. It feels like you have to keep some of that stuff in. Yeah, is he, is he going to keep the Gamma Squad in? <laughs> I don't know. You're all about the Gamma Squad. I like the Gamma Squad. Um, I don't know. I don't hmm. know. We'll Will see. Al Ewing bring back the Rick Remender, um, which I think Remender sort of took it from McFarland's spawn, the countdown clock that he can only have the suit on for so long. And there's a little clock oh. counting down in every issue. Oh. Spawn does that the best. Yes, he does. But I but I liked Venom's version of it as well. I thought that was interesting. Um, unpopular opinion. <laughs> I kind of like when they had that Spy Venom book. Was that the that? one that was in Vietnam? No, no. It was present day. And I think it was Eddie. But he was like a secret agent. Oh, yeah. I do remember that. That was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had like the body yeah. armor on. Mm-hmm. Like the the SWAT venom, yeah, yeah, with the pouches, yeah, with the pouches, yeah. I wonder, I wonder if Rob Liefeld uh, made some covers for that. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Or did he get kicked back a little bit of royalty for it? For every pouch, he gets point five percent. Interesting. Oh, Flash Thompson, that's who it was. Agent Venom. Yeah, I liked Flash. Yeah, 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 that's what I know. Mister Baron and I have had that debate many a times, but I'm a Fla- I'm a Venom Flash guy myself yeah oh yeah come on he's in a wheelchair dude he's in a wheelchair because of the war he had pst 
PSD. You know, it's like, ah, oh, he's so good. Yeah, I guess count- that's true. And then the countdown time, that was good. Eddie's just hmm. very... Now he's more dimensional, but back in the day, he was very one-two dimensions. That's it. He was a one-trick pony. Oh, wait. They're bringing Spy Venom back. Ooh. Secret Extreme Agent Carnage. Death. Man, I, I'm so behind on Marvel Comics. What's Extreme Carnage? I have no idea. I used to, uh back in the day... Uh-oh. Carnage was my favorite Spider-Man villain. Really? Yeah, yeah, I loved him. Because he was so crazy as fuck. Yes, he was. You know what I mean? Yep, yep. Um, it was like what where they could have taken uh, Venom, but then they're like, nah, let's not do that. Let's, let's just make a new guy. That's probably smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that should be interesting. Actually, you know what? That makes sense, because uh, doesn't that Spider-Man movie, or the new Venom movie come out this summer? That sounds right. Yeah. I saw the trailer. Yeah. I'm trying to think if I even saw the first Venom movie. Really? I feel like I did. Yeah, I feel like I did, but I don't remember it. Yeah, it's pretty forgettable. Yeah, it seems like it. Uh, I did watch the trailer for the new one, and I was like, eh. Can you just make a Carnage movie? That seems way better. (laughs) I just don't like... uh, Who's the actor that plays Venom? I don't like him. Oh. You know who I'm talking about. The guy. I do, yeah. Let me look him up here. IMDB, help me out here. Tom Hardy, that guy. There you go. He he was the worst Bane ever. Yeah. He talked <laughs> like this. Yeah. This Bane, Bane on helium. Episode <laughs> title. Where's my bell? God dang it. <laughs> do I have the bell in here? I don't know. What bell? happened to your bell? It hasn't been Wait around for three episodes. It's gotta be here somewhere. If I just start like hitting shit, maybe you'll find it. Hang on. We're gonna find this bell. Yeah, where's my bell? It's not in here. What the heck? What? Oh, found it. Found it. There it is. Was it a doorstop? How did it No, it was, it was up on the shelf. Oh. It was up on the shelf. Because, well, it was on my desk, but I redid my desk, so I had to take it off my desk, and I never put it back on my desk, because it was uh, up on the shelf. All right, we fix it, though. Here, that's for the last three episodes, okay? All right, All right. thank you. Tom Hardy, he sucks. Actually, he was good in, uh... What's that movie I like? With Leonardo DiCaprio. That one. He was good. Titanic? No, what? Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Inception. That's the one. Is that the one? Yeah, Inception. He was good in that. He was that right. Uh, he was uh he was okay in Mad Max. Yes, I liked him in Mad Max. Uh what else did I like him in? That's probably it. I'm trying to go through his 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 uh filmography here. Oh, Bronson. He was good in that. I don't think anyone I liked him that in movie. The Revenant. He was good in that. The Revenant. Oh, also with Leonardo DiCaprio. Mhm. Yeah, where he fights the bear. Yes. He's like, "Hey, if you want to survive the bear attack, play dead." And the bear's like, "Haha, jokes on you." <laughs> <laughs> he was good in layer cake. Layer cake. Yeah. Is that like a, a baking competition? Is that like the British yes. Bake Off? Yes, the a British baking reality Bake show. <laughs> no. Come on. Come on. Layer man. cake. What are you yeah. talking about? Layer cake. That's not you never a saw thing. That? Matthew no. Vaughn. You never saw that? What? 
Matthew Vaughn. You're making stuff up. Daniel Craig, Sienna Miller. You're totally making this up. No. <laughs> this is not a real on. thing. It is a real thing. It, it is. The protagonist named is 4X? Is that like to make it better than the, the Vin Diesel triple X? Come on. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. What is this? You know. Is, is Tom Hardy 4X? Oh, no, he's not. Daniel Craig is. Okay. Of course. That's a good cast. All right, maybe I should watch it. Is it worth watching? Yes. Is it? Yes. Layer cake. Is this like a straight to DVD thing? <laughs> no. <laughs> God. <laughs> Unbelievable. Where was I when this came out? You came, You come with all of these crazy zombie films <laughs> that I have no clue of that have never been issued ever. <laughs> and then you're like, layer cake? What is this? Oh. <laughs> See, you are reading the Google Notes. How, how'd you know that I was going to talk about a zombie show? I figured. I, hey, it's a it's a brand new... And by the way, layer cake you can stream on Amazon. So get in there. Oh, okay, good. Yes. I'll do that. Um, people are going to start believing that we actually have a Google Doc if we keep uh, setting ourselves up like this. We're just letting them behind the scenes. Come on. So uh, so I watched what I think is one of the best oh. zombie TV shows ever. Zombie I mean, TV that's not saying much. That's not saying much. Because how many zombie TV shows are there? Uh, let's see. It's be- is it better than iZombie? I doubt it. Oh, iZombie was really good. Yeah. All right. All right. iZombie's up there. Mm-hmm. But iZombie's got, like, that comedic thing, and it's got the, like, oh. sitcom-y, like, romance thing. Right. This That's is why like, it was good. This is, like, a hardcore, like, survival zombie show. So okay. This is like Walking Dead. But not boring. Wow, shots fired. <laughs> Sorry, Robert Kirkman, listener of the Nerdy Legion podcast. Jeez. Sorry, Robert Kirkman. I mean, you made a ton of money, so I, I can't knock on you. You know what yeah, I mean? Not, re- not really, sorry. <laughs> hey, plus, he was slick. You know how he got the image to put that book out, right? He said it was an alien invasion. Yeah, he said it was an alien invasion. He's like, hey, I want to do the zombie comic. And Image is like, ha ha, you're an idiot. Get out of here. Robert Kirkman, no one gives a shit. And he's right. like, hmm, I really want to do this comic. I'll just tell him it was aliens. Poof. It came to be. And then, um, like, by the second arc, they were like, so when's the aliens going to appear? And he goes, oh, no, there's no aliens. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think, uh, I think he made the, the artist, like, draw, like, a flying saucer in a panel or something. Just so, <laughs> like, they would quit asking him. <laughs> hey, he's lucky that it became such a big hit so quickly that he yeah, didn't no have kidding. to change gears. Mm-hmm. Uh, comic is better than the show, though. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, best best zombie TV show. And there's not like many, right? So you have like right. Walking Dead, you have iZombie, you have um oh god, what's that one called? Z Nation, you have um there's like a Brazilian one called like fucking like re- oh reality Z. Um there, there's like there's some of these, okay? Yeah, The White Shadow, Alice different strokes you know the standard zombie film <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 um i love lucy you know those kind of things right um i love lucy where that come from i must be like 80 years old anyways 
So it's not saying much. What mm-hmm. if I told you this might be one of the best zombie things on film of all time? I caramba. What if I said that? Okay, Would proceed. That? Okay. Here's the funny thing. Uh, the show is called Black Summer. Oh, okay. season two just came out. Season two just came out. Netflix original. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Myers watched this, watched season one. He loved it. Okay. Uh, so I've been I've been eagerly anticipating season two, and I kept on tweeting at Mike whenever like a new trailer would drop. Hey, hey, hey! Black Summer season two is coming. Um, I watched it. God, it's so fucking good, dude. Really? I couldn't stop watching it. I watched the whole season, well, in two in two sittings, so over two nights. Jeez. Uh, it's eight episodes. It's so good. You know what's That's... really good about it? Uh, there's no music, so you know, like if. If something keeps you on the edge of your seat and there's no music, you know it's intense. You know what I mean? Wow. Because, like, every show and in, in, in movie, like, always uses music to, like, get you in the mood. Yeah. You know what I mean? Bow, mm-hmm. chicka, bow, wow. Not this one. There's no music in the entire show. I love a soundtrack. I'm a crazy soundtrack guy. You know I, that. I know you are. I know you are. But there's something about the lack of music that makes it even creepier. You know what I mean? Jamie King's in this? Yeah, she's fucking great. Unbelievable. Why is that unbelievable? Jamie King. Jamie King, she's great. She looks like uh she looks like Jamie Presley. Yeah, I know who Jamie King is and I know who she looks like. <laughs> this is coming from a guy who's like bricklayer. <laughs> Layer cake? What? What? Layer what? Um, anyways. Yes. Black Summer. It's, uh, here's the thing. So I heard about the show, like, a couple years ago when they were still making season one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was not too excited about it when I heard about it. Because it's, it's actually based on, and it's set in the same world as Z Nation. Oh, okay? boy. So fast uh, Yes, Fast Zombies. Okay. Um, but Z Nation, what was it on sci-fi, I think? Uh, you know sci-fi shows. Like, they're not the highest quality. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. there's some exceptions. But, yeah. And uh, and Z Nation was kind of comedic, too. Um, like, there was this one guy. Like, the first episode was intense. But then afterwards, it was, like, kind of a, a zombie comedy type thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, not, like, comedy comedy. But there were comedic elements. Um, like one of the main characters is blue. He has blue skin because he got bit. Like he was gonna be converted into a zombie, uh, but it didn't take. So, like it turns out he can like mind control zombies. Oh jeez. Anyways, so it was based on that, which I I enjoyed that show, but I was like, do we need like another show in this universe? Like Z Nation's enough. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um. But then, then season one came out, and I was like, "There's no way," because there's like, there's no references to Z Nation whatsoever in the show. Uh, but I was like, "There's no way that this is like the same universe." Uh, like this show is fucking hardcore, dude. Mm-hmm. And the I, I love the way it's shot. It's like, um, did you ever read the book World War Z? No. You seen the movie though? No. With Brad Pitt? No. I saw okay, the commercials. Well, that's why I know uh, that they're big horde fast zombies. Sure. 
they have nothing to do with each other. Hmm. World War Z the movie has nothing to do with World War Z the book, even though it's based on the book. Um, World War Z the book is freaking awesome. It takes place after like humanity stops the zombie outbreak, and so okay. they like interviewing like generals that were in like the zombie war, and like journalists that were like you know covering the news or whatever, or like people that got affected by the zombie outbreak. Um, whereas World War Z the movie is just like, hey, the zombies are everywhere, and they're like. Uh, they're super. They're, they're kind of smart because they just like pile up and they can like climb over walls by like just making piles of zombies and like running on top of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so not even close. But anyways, so I was like, ah, oh, this can't be that good. But the way it's shot, it's similar. So it's shot almost like the cameraman is there with the main characters, right? So like is it handheld? Yes, handheld. Okay. But you never see the cameraman. And the cameraman is not part of like the story, right? So it's not like uh, it's not like paranormal activity, like one of these found footage things. That's just like it's just the way that it's shot. Is this like handheld kind of shaky cam? Uh, and in season one, they didn't do this as much, but in season two, they did a little bit more, where like you're kind of like the cameraman, right? It's like something happens and like somebody disappears behind a corner, and the camera's like you know looking around to see like where the character is. Mm-hmm. And then you see him like come out of this other corner, so then the camera like runs to them and follows them. Um, or like there's scenes where like uh, like in season two they find this lodge in the mountains, this ski lodge that's abandoned, um, and this character's like looking around one of the main rooms. But instead of just like following the character from like behind the character, uh, the character's like looking around, and the camera like walks upstairs, and so you get like all these vantage points of things that like the character can't see. But the camera can, right? And uh, and I thought it like they did it really, really well in the second second season. Uh, and again, no music, so like everything's like every sound that you hear, you're like, oh shit! Like, is that a zombie, or is that a person? Uh, and there is some of the element of like uh, Walking Dead, where like the real enemy is other people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is what I always say is what I like the best about like really good zombie stuff is that it's not about the zombies it's about how people react to this thing um so they play a lot on that in the second season um and these characters are all trying to escape because there's this like plane that they see flying overhead um but nick it's so good it's almost like it's almost like you're watching a documentary of a zombie invasion um like episode two of, of season two there's like an basically like an all-out war between these two groups, and there's like no dialogue until like the last five minutes of the episode. It's just like people shooting each other and like turning into zombies and attacking each other, and like wrestling and like shooting each other again. Um, it's really fucking good. I I know you don't like gore, so maybe this might not be for you. That uh, might you know be there's a little. Not, it might be a little too uh, tense for me. Well, there, there's not gore, but it is very tense. Um, yeah, that's what I don't like. The gore I can handle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's being um, nerved up and tense. But, like, all right, I'll give you an example. So, like, the first episode, you follow one of the characters from the first season, uh, like, trying to escape this town. Um, and, like, all this stuff happens, and he ends up turning into a zombie. So then you're like 
following him as a character being a zombie, like chasing people around this town, right? Like you don't see that kind of stuff in other zombie movies or, or TV shows or anything, right? It's always about like the main cast. Um, and here there isn't like Jamie King. I don't think shows up to like the second or third episode. You know what hmm. I mean? And she was the main character in the first season. She's the main character in this season. Um, so it was really good. I loved it. If like, if you want like an intense, zombie thing uh like this is the show you need to watch just like fuck everything else wow 10 at 10 out of 10 nick so did you actually want it to be longer than what did you say eight episodes <clears throat> i always want it to be longer than eight episodes um i think eight episodes they was leave it on a uh, cliffhanger yeah they left it on a cliffhanger uh one one character escapes on the plane and the way they leave the cliffhanger, you're like, oh, you can't leave it there. Now you have to give me season three. Right. So uh, so I'm looking forward to season three. I need it now. Okay. Ten out of ten. You can't have it now. Well, I know. But it's still a ten out of ten. Black Summer. Go watch it on Netflix. Everyone's got Netflix. Better, the, better the second episode or second season better than the first? Um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I really liked the first season a lot. Um, but the second season was freaking intense, really intense. Cool. Like really there was, cool. the, there was one episode where like, it's just, you, you're only following one character cause everyone else is asleep. Mm-hmm. And, and it's when like when they were at the ski lodge and I'm not going to spoil it for people that want to watch it, but you hear this banging and you're like, what the fuck's the banging? Is it zombies? Is it like this like weird person that you see at the beginning of the episode? Uh, like making meat pies. Uh, who knows? Maybe cannibals. They might be cannibals. And, and she's, she's, she's a girl. She's like 15. So she's like, it's just her, like, trying to protect her mom, who's Jamie King. Cause her mom's sleeping. And she's like, walking through the whole lodge, trying to find, like, where this banging noise is. And she does find it. But the whole time you're like, oh shit, oh shit. And then, like, you get that moment where, like, she realizes, oh shit. And she just, like, stops and starts crying. Um, anyway, really good. Like, all the episodes are super intense. Uh, and they do it in this, like, weird format where instead of having, like, the full episode, the episode's broken down into, like, vignettes. Like, five-minute vignettes. Mm Mm-hmm. Where, like, something happens and you fade to black and you get a black screen with, like, the title of the episode, right? But it's, like, not the full episode, the title of this vignette. And then, like, you get that sequence of events happening. And then, like, it fades back to black, and you get the black screen with, like, the new title. And, like, here's the the new vignette that you're following. But, like, all the little vignettes per episode are all connected to whatever the the underlying story is. That's interesting. It's really good. 10 out of 10! That's some cool storytelling. 10 out of 10? No. No, you don't. That's right. That's right, I don't. 10 out of 10. Go watch it. Wow. Yeah. It's really good. Sounds pretty awesome. Anyways, so that's one show that we watched. And then my wife's like, we should watch something. And I'm like, what do you want to watch? And we have been watching I don't know, some documentary about some serial killer, I think. And uh, and she got bored of it. So she's like, oh, uh, let's watch Manifest. Have you seen Manifest? You mean Julie the Cruise director's favorite show? <gasps> Shut uh, up. Yes. All right, perfect. Before I continue, is this show about Jesus? 
Uh, I don't watch it, so I couldn't tell oh. you. Oh, I see. <laughs> you know how much of a pain in the butt that I've heard the last two weeks about uh, her two favorite shows being canceled on the same week? Oh, how, how many Manifest times, Canceled? Yes. How many times she's complained about it? Oh, my God. <laughs> Actually, all three of her favorite shows are canceled. Which ones? Sirens. On, Never heard of it. I think that's on Freeform. I don't know what it is. Uh, Manifest and Zoe's favorite playlist. Did you just make all these titles up? Just like layer nope. cake? Not at all. Not at all. Those are Julie the Cruise Director's three favorite shows, and they were all canceled in the same exact week. And just to, and just tonight, she bitched again about Manifest. She's like, "That better become because I think I brought up. Oh, I brought up an Umbra, uh, Umbrella Academy tour. Oh uh, yeah." Like, I'm like Netflix doing their standard Netflix thing before it gets to season three. They cancel the series. And she goes, (laughs) well, right now they're supposed to be bringing manifest over. They're hoping that it'll be picked up by Netflix. And I said, well, if they're picked up by Netflix, they'll be dropped after one season. So don't don't your wish on that. Well, but at least they can finish the story. Right. Because I guess they left it at a bad point. Oh Lord! Yep. All right. Well, anyways, the only re- the only reason I ask if it's a Jesus show is because I feel like the, the the last song of every episode feels like a song that you would find like at one of these um, like modern like revival churches. You know what I mean? Really? Yeah, like a big mega church where they have like the full band and like they play guitar and the drums and stuff. You know what I mean? Like Christian rock. The ones that I've heard, the few episodes that I heard at the end, they they sounded like a Phineas ripoff. Oh, interesting. Like, sort of like, uh, like astral, out of body, like dissident, you know, keyboards with like a drum track underneath it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So we're, we're like halfway through season one, okay. and I feel like every song sounds like uh, like kind of Mumford and Sonsy. You know what I mean? There you go. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like, you get the vibe where it's not like hipsters playing music. There's some like religious undertones, and like, there's nothing wrong with that. I um, I never heard one iota about it being spiritual or religious in any way. All right, cool. She just keeps uh, comparing it to Lost. That's all she's doing. Okay, well, so that's my hope, right? Because my wife, my wife saw the trailer. She's like, "Oh, let's watch Manifest. It's on Netflix now." And I was like, "I feel like I've seen that, or like started to watch it at some point." Right. Uh, and after I watched the first episode, I realized that I did. I did watch the first episode, probably on Hulu whenever it came out, uh, sure. the first season, uh, but never continued. And she's like, "Why didn't you finish it?" I'm like, "I don't know." But so after we so we've been watching like two episodes a night because like that's usually about all I can handle of a show is like two episodes and I'm I need a break yeah um and so we've been doing like two a night and the first ep- like she loved the first episode she's like oh this is gonna be like lost and I'm like oh, I don't remember it being like lost um but then like we get to two and then three and four and five and six and like now. This is like a terrible show to discuss because I'm about to make fun of it. And I feel bad because your wife loves the show. Oh, yeah. Um, but I feel like now, 
I don't want to say we're hate watching it. Oh boy. But we're watching it so that we can like out comedy each other. Oh jeez. Cuz like we we like analyze what the characters are doing and we talk about how ridiculous it is that they would do that particular thing. Sure. You know what I mean? And like okay, it's a TV show, right? So you have to create this like tense atmosphere so that you actually have an episode. Right. Right. Like that's how you write stories. Okay, character does dumb shit because if they didn't do a dumb shit, there would be no show. Yeah, put them in a situation. Uh, but just like the way that it's handled, it just ends up being comedic for us. <laughs> and so, like, we watch it and we're interested, but we're like, I don't know, we'll just crack jokes about it. Like, one of the characters, um, like, he was on this plane, right? So, oh, we should preface the show. So, there's this family that went to Jamaica on vacation for various reasons, and they're flying back to New York. And, like, the flight's oversold, and so, like, some of the people decide to, like, take the free money and take a later flight. Um, and so, like, some people make it back to New York in the original plane, but the people that took this later flight, um, like, they've been gone for five and a half years, okay? So, like, they get on the plane, they start flying, and then a couple hours later, they land in New York. Except when they land in New York, everyone's like, you've been gone for five and a half years, right? Right. That's, that's the basic gist. And, and, and now they, they have superpowers. They like, they hear voices and like the voices tell them to like solve things. Uh, like in, in the first episode or maybe the second episode, uh, the two main characters find like these two young girls that were kidnapped by this like pedophile, right? Um, but then like as you go on, it becomes like more soap opery, right? Uh, cause like the one main character, she was gonna get, her, her boyfriend asked her to marry her, but she didn't want to do it because she was supposedly drunk driving and her friend died in, in an accident they had. Uh, so she wasn't going to marry the guy, but she decided to marry the guy on the way back. But now it's five and a half years later and it turns out her best friend married her boyfriend, right? Uh, or like the other guy, like he's been gone for five and a half years. So now his wife's got a boyfriend, but like he doesn't know. But like he finds out because his daughter was shoplifting and like, she called the mom's boyfriend instead of him, and that's a way to find out. So, like, it gets kind of soap opery, you know what I mean? And so that's the kind of stuff that, like, we make fun of. But I'm curious, like, what's actually going on, like, like what the mystery is. So that, we're going to continue watching it, but I feel like I'm going to make fun of it the whole time. That I couldn't tell you. And that show made her go into another NBC show uh, called Debris. So she's watching Debris and Manifest. It's another NBC show. There's yeah. they're only one season in, so. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But she's just losing all hope. She's like, all these, all these shows that I that I love, they're all going away. <laughs> yeah, like, that's I, why I, I don't know what she's... to tell you. Dude, I used to have that problem in the '90s all the time because all the shows I liked were all on Fox, and they all lasted like one season. You remember that when like. Fox just like became a, a like a meme because they would have uh like all the Joss Whedon shows for example right like aside from Buffy like they would go on for like a year and then they would get canceled and like all the cool like Fox always had like awesome sci-fi shows and like one season they're out and you're like what the fuck I'm just gonna quit watching Fox yeah it's and it's real frustrating if it's one season and they don't know that they've been canceled yet so you never get a wrap up yeah, you never get the wrap-up. 
Yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like every show should like record an extra episode. So if they get canceled, they can put out this like episode that somehow wraps it up in a bun, right? Oh. Um, Joss Whedon did that with uh, Dollhouse. Mm-hmm. Because there's there's two episodes. So at the end of season one, there's like Epitaph One, which takes place in the future of that universe. And so you get like a glimpse of how the tech is used in the future. Um, they got canceled after the second season. And so they, they recorded an Epitaph Two, but that never was put on the air. So if you bought like the season, you could watch Epitaph Two. And te- Epitaph 2 is the best episode of the entire series. Hmm. Yeah, it's so freaking good. I mean, especially if you follow the series, you know what I mean? Because you have the background on, like, who the characters are and what the tech is and all that. Um, but I think, like, that show just took too long to get going. And that's probably why it was canceled. Well, it was also shuffled into Friday night, so. Oh, that's... the death spot, yeah. Yeah, that's a graveyard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah, you, you can just there. watch uh, one of the best series finale, The Shield. Just watch Never that heard of over and over Is that again. a new show? Get out of here. <laughs> the best show ever. Yeah. Uh, never seen it. I, I watched oh, the first episode. I watched the oh, first episode of it. Um, probably like two or three years ago when we talked about The Shield and you told me shame on me. So I was like, fine, I'll watch it. Uh, oh. And I watched the first episode and I was like, all right, yeah, that's fine. Well, you can tell, of course, just by one episode, you can tell where seven seasons are going. So one episode should do just fine. Well, uh, okay. Yes, I know what you're saying. Here's the here's the problem with The Shield, okay? I'm not saying it's not a good show, okay? I could tell that it was a good show. But by the time that I watched it, I had already seen 50 shows like The Shield. Yeah, because it influenced 50, she- 50 shows like The Shield. Right, like right. did. Right, so had I watched The Shield when it came out, I probably also would have thought it was the best show ever. Hmm. You know what I mean? But since I hmm. didn't, I don't. It's like my kids. They think the iPhone's the best thing ever. And I'm like, what do you mean? You never played with a Nokia 8810? What's wrong with you? You never had a Razor? You never had a StarTech? What planet are you from? <laughs> don't you wish you could play Snake? Hello? <laughs> Fortnite? <laughs> Snake's where it's at. But anyways... Um, Did you ever watch, were you, I, maybe I'm just a more of an FX watcher than you are. Do you ever watch Justified? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I never watched the whole series, but I did catch a few episodes. I really liked it. Yeah, that was, that had definitely a personality of its own. Yeah, yeah, I really liked it. I wish, uh, I wish they would do more like Western stuff. Um, I just, I don't know like if it would ever happen. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I think uh, I think modern day westerns do okay because like, mm-hmm. there's still an audience for westerns. Sure, um, but I think it's just like so far removed by now that people can't relate to it. If that makes sense, um, it's like how like in the '90s you got like every year there were like five World War II movies, right? Because it's like you know 50th anniversary or whatever. And so, like, every year there's a World War II movie. And now, like, I mean, what, like, Dunkirk maybe? And that's probably it. Yeah, I think that was the last one. Right? Um, it's almost like you get to a point where you're like, ah, people won't care about this because it happened, like, so long ago. Another Tom Hardy joint, Dunkirk. 
That was a Tom Hardy joint, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not see Dunkirk. Oh. Mm-hmm. I'm not a I'm not a World War II guy. Gotcha. Not a World War II guy. I like uh, I like old stuff. Uh, I don't, you know that's weird though, because like they always do uh, they always do these like medieval shows, right? Um, like I think Vikings is ending now, but that that was really popular. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a there's a show similar to Vikings on Netflix called Oh crap. Man, I wish I remember the name of that show. Um, but it's like set in a similar area and similar hmm. time frame. Um, and it's like this guy that like converted to Christianity and he's coming back as a priest to his town for some reason. Um, but it's set it's set in like I don't know, like Russia or something. I want to say it's called like Pagans, but that's not it. But I'm pretty sure it's like a one name show. Like a one-word title. Ah, uh, that's not my bag, so I don't pay attention to that stuff. Oh, really? I love that stuff, man. You know what my favorite one of them is? Is that uh, Clive... Oh, no, not Clive Owen. Oh, maybe it is Clive Owen. Uh, that King Arthur remake? No, no clue. Shut up. Are you serious? No King clue. King Arthur. Is it Clive Owen? I'm pretty I sure like, it is. I like Clive Owen. He's great. He's Artorius. I liked him in The Croupier. Hey. And uh, Kira Knightley. She's in it. Oh, boy. No, thank you. What? I love Kira Knightley. And this call. What? We gotta What's go. wrong with Kira Knightley? This has been an episode of Energy Legion Podcast. Sorry, Martin Peretti. You can reach him. Fine. <laughs> You don't like Kira Knightley? What the hell? Guy caramba. Alright, fine. Whatever. No, okay, whatever, thank bro. you. She play, She's Guinevere. Oh, okay. Come on, Nick. Really? No, um, are you hey. not, are you not, not going to watch that new Green Knight movie? I'm not going to, I'm not going to yuck your yum. You enjoy Kira Knightley. That's okay. I do we've enjoy Kira Knightley. We've discovered plenty of things. I've watched plenty of Kira Knightley, but you know, I I'm not a Pirates of the Caribbean fan. You know what I'm saying? I'm not either. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I know exactly what you're saying. I like the Imitation Game. She was good in that. Uh oh yeah, um, that's the one with uh, what's his name? What's his name? The guy, Doctor Strange. Him. Yeah, yeah, Mister Benedict Doctor Cumberbatch. There you go, Sherlock himself. Yeah, Sherlock Holmes, uh, tr- based on the true story of Alan Turing. Yes. Yeah, very good. Good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do look here nightly, though. Hey, you enjoy it. <laughs> you, I know you're going to go watch Love Actually, because, you know, she's she's fabulous in that. So No, 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 no. No, no, no. You take her all. You take no, her whole, no, no. or you don't be part of her. I. She's not a good actress. Listen. Don't start backtracking right now, okay? <laughs> I barely even scratched her IMDb, and I can pull out those cherries quickly. Look, she's not a good actress. I just, no. I just, I like the look of Kira Knightley. Okay. All right. Is that is that better? Okay. Fine. I mean, whatever. To each their own. 
Right. Saying she's, I'm not saying no she's a hottie. No shame in your game. I mean, she's your Meryl Streep. You know, you got to own it sometimes. What are you talking about? Not she's Meryl your Streep. Right. She's wait. she's the bee's knees for you. I get it. Wait, wait, wait. Meryl Streep is your Kira Knightley? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying she's your Mer- Kira Knightley's your Meryl Streep. <laughs> One of the best actors on the face of the earth. I get it. I understand. Don't try oh, to turn it around Jesus on me. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Uh, no, my Meryl Streep is Rebecca Ferguson. I've told you that already. <laughs> mm-hmm. I do love some Rebecca Ferguson. Um, wool. <gasps> Shut up. Nobody told me this was happening. Have you ever read Wool? Wool. Wool. That isn't even on my radar. All right. Back to comic talk here. I need everyone to go read it. Nightly write it? No. uh, Okay, I don't know. No. uh, Well, they made it into a comic, but I think it's um, a sci-fi novel series. There's a wool silo, and I feel like there's a third one. You know what? We're going to look this up right now. Sure. The silo series. Yep, I was correct. Wool is book one. Shift is book two, and Dust is book three. The Silo Trilogy. Um, It's this, like, sci-fi, post-apocalyptic series that takes place in a silo. Uh, And they're turning to a TV show. It's really fucking good. All right, for anyone that loves sci-fi and reading, go check out Wool. The sequels are not as good, but Wool is freaking awesome. And apparently they're turning into a TV show, and Rebecca Ferguson's going to be in it, so I'm going to totally watch it. Why not? Oh, God. You're such a Debbie Downer. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about, Wool. Wool, that's the name of the book. It's so good. I can't believe you, Nick. You know what it is, though? Um, Whatchamacallit's coming back. C. Season 2. C? Yeah. The Aquaman show on Apple TV. Oh, brother. Oh, Jesus. What? Season two? I mean, what are they going to wait? Like four and a half years to put out the next <laughs> season? I don't know if Apple knows this, but usually seasons are yearly. <laughs> what the hell? Well, listen, uh, first world problems. You must have forgotten about this little thing called COVID that happened last year. Well, how many people are in that series alone? Like 15? They couldn't just like isolate 15 <laughs> people on a remote island? For God's sakes, they, they did that for uh, MTV's The Challenge. Mm. Why can't they do this for a, a movie or a TV mm. series? Anyways, for, for all you non-Debbie Downers, <laughs> see season Debbie Downer. 2, August 2021. Thanks. I promise. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you're right, though. I think season one came out in, like, 2019 or 18. Yeah. Something right like that. the launch of Apple TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Just because right. you're late to Apple TV. Don't don't be like, oh. <laughs> Look, I have seen the ways. Okay? Right. I have now seen go the watch, ways. Now go watch the Beastie Boy documentary, damn it. Oh, shit. I still haven't watched that. By Spike That's Jones, a- for God's sakes. Get in there. Well, that doesn't mean anything to me. What are you talking about? He directed the best Beastie Boy videos. Uh, yes. Yes. And? What, you don't like Beastie Boys now? 
I what love the Beastie Boys. Kira what are you Dundee? talking about? <laughs> has Kira Knightley directed any Beastie Boys videos? <laughs> I mean, is that what it takes? She has to be in a video before you pay attention. <laughs> uh, no, I love uh, I love Spike Jones. Uh, what was that movie he did that I like? Being John Malkovich. I love that movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. It's great. It's one of my Ooh. favorite John Malkovich movies. <laughs> After the, after watching that, I can't watch anything that he's in without thinking of that movie. Nice. Um, nice. What's her name? Has one like that? Oh Jesus, the Princess Bride. What's her name? Princess Bride. Yeah, yeah. What's her name? Robin Wright. I don't know. You know who Robin Wright is? I do. Yeah. X okay. Miss Sean Penn. That's right. X mm-hmm. Miss Sean Penn. Uh, Robin Wright. Uh, Wonder Woman's Robin Wright. Uh, what is that movie called? I think it's called Robin. No, I can't find it. Robin. The Congress? Is that it? That can't be it. Are you making up stuff now? No, but it's set in the future where, like, it's like being Joe Malkovich, but it's Robin Wright. Oh, interesting. I would watch that. God, now I'm trying to find the name of the damn movie. And I can't find it. Did I make this up? It's not a series. Was it all in my head? No, 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 no. It's not a series. It's a movie. Huh. Why can't I find it now? Well, shit. It's got to be the Congress. I'm pretty sure that's it. You think of House of Cards? No. No, yeah, that's it. It's called The Congress. Uh, Harvey Keitel, Paul Giamatti, Danny Houston, John Hamm, Robin Wright. Jeez, that's a killer IMDb. Uh, yeah, no kidding. But hey. uh, it's a sci-fi thing where, like, she she's, like, a, an actress who's, like, not acting anymore. You know, she's like a has-been, but she gets hired to, like, act as herself, as Robin Wright. Yeah. For, like, this, like, future thing. You know, like, in Bill and Ted, how they, like, worship Bill and Ted in the future? Mm Mm-hmm. All right, it's like that. But Robin Wright and John Malkovich mixed together. Interesting. Yeah, the Congress. Anyways. I might have to look that one up. Uh, Yeah, check it out. It's pretty good. I mean... You know, she's no Kira Knightley or anything. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, can I tell you what I watched on the old Netflix? Yeah, Layer Cake. Already saw it, been there, done that. Um, (laughs) And let me preface this. We have been talking how many episodes. I've always been a staunch, I ain't going to rewatch that. I don't got time for that. My Netflix queue, and I always go back to such and such queue, has 3,000 things in it. Why would mm-hmm. I ever watch something over when I have something new to watch to fill into my brain space? Mm-hmm. This is the exception to the rule. In the last three weeks, I've watched this twice. And it's on Netflix. Breaking and Bad. It, no. It's a comedy special. Oh, Bo Burnham Inside. No, that's HBO. Oh. Um, Bo Burnham Inside. 
he recorded it all during the pandemic mm-hmm. and it's all filmed in one room and it's all huh. filmed, edited, written and directed by him. Huh. So it's him filming himself. Right. The comedy is pretty insane. Uh, you can tell that his mental health is the pandemic is weighing on his mental health here and there during the during the special. Uh, Bo Burnham, I don't know if you ever watched any of his uh, comedy stand-up specials. I have. Okay, good. So you sort of know where he comes from. He yes, he does uh, bits of comedy for the listener. He does bits of comedy interstitched with uh, songs that he's written, or sort of surreal play. Like he'll set up like bits that will include like music or like sound effects or lighting to get across whatever effect he wants to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched the trailer for it and that was enough for me to be like I gotta watch this Mm. Um, and I gotta say some of the songs there's at least three songs on it that and I highly recommend if anyone wants to watch Bo Burnham inside highly highly recommend to see that form of creativity be done during a pandemic with no audience in one room is fascinating. And I want to put my fist through a wall because (laughs) there's no way in hell I could ever come up with something that original. And there's at least three songs in this hour and 15 minute special, at least three songs that you would put on your playlist that you need to listen to when you're in the car. Yeah, they are mother effing catchy, and I highly recommend if anyone watches it, turn on the captions because you want to know what he's talking about, what he's saying. You don't want to miss anything. And stylistically, he goes like each song looks completely different than the other. When he's talking to the camera, there's a lot of times where it's like wow, that was so, like, his emotions were so, like, up front. There was no, like, mask of performer. And it goes on a little too long, sort of like the pandemic. Yeah. But it's fascinating to see how he changes. There's some songs that he has a gigantic beard. There's some songs where he's clean-shaven. There... And some of the style that he did with just lighting effects and, like, video effects. And him filming himself, projecting it onto the wall behind him. Really, really fascinating. And like I said, some of it's so original that's just like, Jesus Christ, this is, like, blowing my mind. And I remember seeing Bo Burnham, his other special was, like, five years ago. And I was wondering where the hell he was. And he directed and wrote movies. He's directed, like, other comedy specials. So, obviously, he knows, like, the technical aspects. So, all this stuff, obviously, was pretty pre-planned out. Mm -hmm. It's amazing to to watch somebody that creative, like, bake something. Right. Uh, But during the special, he said, you know, I was doing, you know, on stage doing my comedy... 
Um, but five years ago, I had to stop because I was getting extreme panic attacks while on stage. So how can I be on stage knowing that one of these panic attacks were coming? Mm-hmm. And watching inside, in, for me, in my head, I'm like, dude, at this point, just record like this in your own house or put it onto a big stage I'm not sure if his brand of comedy, maybe he might need that audience participation, but if that's the part that's giving him like such anxiety, dude, when, when you watch this, the amount of like talent that's coming out of him and creativity that's coming out of him, it's like you, whatever's causing that panic attack, like remove that, like sit in your own house and record what you record because I was blown away. Even Julia Cruz director who never watched any of his comedy, even she was just like this was such a glimpse into like a creative mind. Really? Yeah, it was really, really impressive. Because some of it was so raw. Oh my god. It was really, really raw, but impressive that he could show that. And And he would want to show that. Interesting. See, I usually don't like watching comedy. Like, very rarely will I watch comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even less often will I watch stand-up. Sure. But this sounds interesting. Yeah, it reminded me of Dimitri Martin very much. Oh, I love Dimitri Martin. Like, he j- he doesn't need... He doesn't need the feedback from the audience. Maybe that's what drives him. I'm not sure, but I can watch... Dimitri Martin just like sit behind the desk and like just tell me what's going on in that head because I could never dream up that creativity that goes on inside that head yeah see I find that fascinating I'll I'll definitely watch this Uh, because you think about like anytime somebody like maybe not every time Uh, uh, you were an English major so think about like the stuff you had to read in college, like the authors, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like the the most famous works that you read in school usually are like when the author was like in some real shit, mm-hmm. right? Um, like if you're reading something that's uh, biographical or semi-autobiographical, uh, it's always like, you know, during like a war, like wartime, or like some famine or like Great Depression, you know, like yeah, those kind of things. Shit. Yeah, some like really like heavy shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's nonfiction, then you look at like the life the person leads. Like, so we've talked about this before. Like, my favorite author ever is Thomas Pynchon. And mm-hmm. um, I'm not saying he's crazy, but like he's one of these like, her- like reclusive hermits. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't he he didn't do signings like no book tours nothing like that like right. he writes his shit and like don't fucking bother him yeah he's like J D Salinger exactly well that's another one right like that's probably why he's famous um, but like really eccentric like if you think of like comics right um, like I think that's why the uh, that's why the British writers did so well in the U S is like the U S writers were just writing like funny books. And and the British writers were writing like real life shit, but like masked in a comic book story, mm-hmm. right? But when they uh, also when they came over here, there was such a flood of them 
but no one, including the publishers, there was an era of mystery about all the writers and artists as well. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't know anything about them. So that even became more of like, oh, what is this person going to do? Like, I always liked Don DeLillo just because he changed up his style so often. But he didn't do a lot of, he, he rarely did interviews. Yeah. So that era mystery does trickle into your head. You want to learn more about that person. Yep. Well, and see, and that's, you know, everyone always like, ah, I fucking hate that guy. But like, I always talk about Grant Morrison for a reason, right? Like the reason I love Grant Morrison is that he's fucking crazy and he doesn't give yeah. a crap. You know what I mean? But he's on the opposite end of spectrum compared to Pynchon. Like there is not an interviewer Oh, yeah, Morrison Grant loves Morrison. the attention. Yeah, Grant Morrison has no problem with that spotlight. He loves it. Yeah, but, like, his experiences are different, too, right? Yeah. Um, like, He pushes no himself doubt. to the edge constantly. That's why you love him. Yeah. Like, there's no doubt that Pynchon, like, smoked a ton of weed and, like, ate some mushrooms, okay? Um, never talks about it. All right? right. Grant Morrison, you know for a fact. Like, if it's some weird shit, Grant Morrison's going to try it. And then it's going to show up in one of his comic books. Mm-hmm. Right? For sure. And I love that kind of stuff. Right? Because that's how you get, like, the next generation of, of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Right? It's people that are like, F it, I don't give a crap. Especially when you make it, like, Grant Morrison. Right? Like, he can write whatever the hell he wants. Right? He doesn't need the money. Right? He's made plenty of money over his years. I mean, sure, he probably wants more money. Because uh, he likes money, but uh, but he's made plenty, so he can do whatever he wants. And he's Grant Morrison, so everyone's gonna be like, "Oh, Grant Morrison, you want to write a book? Uh, it's about a potato like rolling down the street. Cool, like we'll we'll publish that because you're Grant Morrison." Um, but like he can he can tell his stories because of that. You know what I mean? Uh, and I think like the stuff that he's put out is just really really creative as a result. Well, that's why Pynchon's always interesting because it's a mystery. God, I love Pynchon so much. Yeah, it's it's one of the... And the bad thing is, like... And I see this with a lot of jazz musicians. Because, I mean, Pynchon's in his 80s at this point, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah, he's in his 80s. And there's a lot of jazz musicians that their heyday was the 50s, 60s. And granted, they did stuff, you know, well past that. But at this point, they're in that age group. And it's like, there isn't going to be biographies written of these people. Yeah. Whether they want it or not, there's not like they're just going to die and they'll only have like their creativity, their art to like show for it. Yep. Where Grant Morrison, you can look back and like shit, there could be a tome made uh, that collects all of his interviews. Like if you want to get inside his head, oh my God, here's 3,000 interviews. Mm-hmm. But find like hell, find. 50 interviews that DeLillo did or find 50 interviews that Pynchon did. Good luck. Oh, yeah. Find, like, less than 10 interviews of Pynchon. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I, it's funny. I just, did a, I just did a search Like, the for only Pynchon. person that possibly could, like, give you insight to him once he, once he passes. I'm sure it'll never happen until he passes. Maybe might be his book agent. Maybe. Yeah, but if it's like yeah. J.D. Salinger, like, guess what? That book agent had no clue even where the guy lived. Like, right. No idea. Uh, 
to 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 give people an example. So I, I while you were talking, I did a a search online for Thomas Pynchon, and I did an image search, and there's literally two pictures. Like there's hundreds of pictures, but they're all variations of the same two pictures. Wow. Uh, one is his high school yearbook picture, and the other one's when he was in the Navy in the mid fifties. Crazy. Yeah. Like, that's the kind of guy he is. Uh, but, I mean, really, even if you think of, like, like Harper Lee, who wrote To Kill a Mockingbird, same way. Mm-hmm. The only person that knew her, I believe, was, like, her sister. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like, even, mm-hmm. even, like, her publisher and her agent really had no clue anything to do with Harper Lee. Yep. It's sad. You know, if, and, then they, if, then they pass, and it's like, okay, I got a biography, but they're just sort of calling little parts of their written work to try to figure out who's behind the written work. You know, and I, and I don't believe like everything that somebody writes is, you know, you can pull for me. It's like your works doesn't have to be grounded in anything from your past. Like you can make plenty up out of your head. But then people will take that and try to call a biography and like, oh, this one character from this book is obviously a callback to Pynchon's father or whatever. Yeah, I like, mean, you're just sure. Like, educated guess. Yeah, yeah, sure. Like, and that makes sense, right? Um, but it's fascinating. I love the but, mystery. I'll take the mystery over somebody who is constantly out there giving of themselves. Grant Morrison so I, excluded. Grant Morrison excluded. <laughs> like you look at like Stephen King interviews, all he is is a marketing machine. Like oh yeah yeah no doubt. It is what you see is what you get. Like Grant Morrison at least is giving you way past what you expect. So so Pynchon is like all right, I'm trying to think like people that would be like Pynchon. All right, so like Alan Moore is like Pynchon, right? Um, although I guess like Alan Moore maybe gets more flack because he was more public for, for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Pynchon like was always like, I'm a postmodernist and like, I don't matter. Right. It's what I write that matters. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, you're never going to know me cause it doesn't fucking matter. Right. Like what you need to know is my book. Um, and, and Alan Moore didn't have that, but see, so like the difference is Thomas Pynchon can be a recluse and no one gives a shit because that's Pynchon. Uh, but when Alan Moore's like, I quit comics, everyone's like, oh, you quit comics again, Alan Moore. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but like the, the mentality between those two guys is the same. Um, the difference being that like in, in a way, Alan Moore at some point kind of sold out to make his money in his career. Mm-hmm. And, and Pynchon never did because he was always like the ideology over ego first. Right. Um and so that's why Alan Moore gets the flack. But like ideologically, the two guys are the same, right? Like they have very strong beliefs about what art is and isn't. Um, and and I think that shows quite a bit in like the things that they write. You see what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Uh, and if on my gravestone, okay, if something happens to me and someone's like, where did Martin go wrong? Uh, you can probably blame Thomas Pynchon. Because when I read V, when I was 19 years old, it changed my life. (laughs) 
Okay, like I read the Beatniks in high school because, um, like Jack Kerouac went to my high school for a year. Wow. Um, yeah, so like you know, on the road was mandatory reading junior year of high school. Sure. Um, and so I got like really into the Beatniks in high school and read all of them. Um, Standard high school behavior. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, yeah. like you know, they were like the 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 original like fu school kind of guys. Yeah, it's like a renaissance. Uh, yeah. But uh, but man, when I when I found Pynchon in, in college, it just fucking like my brain exploded. Like when I read <laughs> V, my brain exploded, right? Because it's like it's it's a nine hundred page novel where not a single thing happens, and it's literally like five sentences take up nine hundred pages. Yeah. Anyways, so that takes like that takes you know quite the command of the English language to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So sure. uh, maybe in a hundred years, Thomas Pynchon will be regarded as the one of the greatest writers of the 20th century. Uh, I don't doubt that. I think he's yeah. too, too early, too soon right now. Too early, too soon. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's everybody though. That's why you read these like classics in school, right? Cause it did shit. I nobody mean, else is doing gravity's rainbow. That that's been, uh, I love gravity's rainbow. That's been in some high schools for a while. Has it? Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. That's good. Uh, I like Gravity's Rainbow. I like Crying of Lot 49. It's, like, super short. That's probably his shortest book. It's, like, maybe 200 pages. I'm curious uh, if he's going to take over the spot that uh, James Joyce is in high school. I could see that. Down the road. Maybe not yeah, right I now, see but I, I, could see, I could see that. I no could one see needs that. to read Ulysses. Oh my god! I hated having to read Ulysses. Mm-hmm. That's why when when I was Gravity's like, Rainbow, was, that'd be a perfect swap out right there. Yeah, for an advance. Um, that's why uh, when when I went to pick up my books and one of them was V for this class, mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god, this is bigger than Ulysses. I don't want to <laughs> read this. Changed my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, that's By the like way, cry, crying, the crying mouth? of Laugh Forty Nine has yeah. one of the best bathroom scenes of any novel, because uh, the character is like going crazy. Her husband died, and she thinks that like everyone's out to like deny her inheritance or whatever. Um, this is it's like uh, you know the NSA's following me kind of plot that like all the '90s movies had, uh, but like before that was a thing, right? Because uh, I think Crying Left Forty Nine came out in the eighties, maybe or seventies. Um, but it's like that plot. Uh, what was that movie? Oh God, where they like hacked the internet. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, it it was like the plot of that, except like super serious. And this character has like serious mental health issues. And there's a scene where she's like in this restaurant. And she goes to the bathroom. And she, like, imagines this whole thing that's going to happen to her because there's this guy taking a shit in the bathroom stall. Um, but, like, she thinks it's a guy spying on her um, for, like, whoever's trying to steal her inheritance. And it's, like, this 30-page scene of her, like, outside of this bathroom stall. It's fucking genius. Sheesh. Yeah, it's so good. I just looked up. Don DeLillo's age? Yeah. He's the same age as Thomas Pynchon. Oh, no kidding. It's like mid-80s, early 80s? Yeah, 84. Dang. 
it's so bizarre that they were putting out books at the same time. Wild. Wild, I say. Uh, Thomas Pynchon. Everyone should read him. Definitely. Uh, what else you got? You got anything else? No, I just wanted to tell you about Bo Burnham. That's That was my main draw. Yeah, I, uh, I'll i definitely watch that. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I'll watch Beastie Boys first, and then I'll watch that. Oh, nice. Because okay. I've been saying I was going to watch Beastie Boys for like six months now. Yeah, that's fun. That's a good one. Yeah, Not uh, enough music good. in it, but what can you do? Eh, that's What fine. do you expect? I hate to that's say it, fine. once you put one song in, then what are you excluding? Do they go over when the Beastie Boys were a punk band? Yes. Ah, they sweet. Go over, they go everything. Go into everything. Nice. nice. They even lay down a little bit of cookie puss. You know what I'm saying? Oh, geez. Dang. They go back. They go back. I like it. I like yeah. it. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, let's wrap it up here. All right. A short episode for everyone today. Just two hours this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Financial okay. Friday. Financial Friday. Welcome. Uh, one of these days we're gonna talk about. Uh, anyways, we're not gonna. Well, I'm not gonna discuss secrets. <laughs> That'll okay. be a spoiler. Put it on the dock. We're gonna talk about why money's fake one of these days. Anyways, uh, you've been listening to the Nerd Legion podcast with Nicholas Tiberius Wetmore and your humble servant Martino Ferredhito. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Nick Wetmore at Geekvine at Nerdy Legion. Thank you for listening. Bye bye. <laughs>